Are you ready to take control of your life? Overcome the obstacles that have been holding you back. I'm Dr. D, and welcome to Quitting is Not an Option, a podcast that inspires and empowers you to reinvent your past and revolutionize your future. I know what it feels like to be held back by past failures and setbacks as I myself lost a multi-million dollar business, home, investments, and marriage due to the bad acts of a CFO. But I rose from the ashes and recreated a new life and now I am an accomplished author, gifted speaker, consultant, and life coach. And each episode will cover tips and strategies to overcome adversity, overcome fear and feelings of failure. We also have experts and special guests who share their inspiring experiences to support you every step of the way. Together, we can help you find joy in your journey while positioning you towards success. Let's get started. Imagine betrayal from a friend. How about a confidant, lover, brother, father, or husband? Imagine being betrayed without warning and as a total surprise after 25 years. 25 years of thick and thin, 25 years of hardship and success, 25 years of happiness and sadness, and 25 years of love and protection. We have all experienced betrayal in our relationships. We typically think of betrayal as an affair or deception, and some of us may be quick to say, that doesn't apply to my relationship. Betrayal comes in many kinds of packages and oftentimes when we least expect. Betrayal can lead to hurt, disappointment, shame, and a loss of trust. It can literally bring us to our knees. Moving beyond those moments of betrayal is not easy and can stifle one's ability to get on with life. Betrayal can be anything that violates a committed relationship. Betrayal is typically founded on two building blocks. Deception, not revealing your true needs to avoid conflict, and a yearning for emotional connection from outside the relationship. When betrayal happens, it's important to, one, acknowledge instead of avoid. Healing often requires you to first come to terms with what happened. Then number two, you want to understand the stages to include shock, which is the first stage of betrayal. And often shock comes with disbelief. Then we have denial, which is when the person tries to push away what has happened and pretend it didn't happen. Then we can experience anger. We experience bargaining, 
depression, and finally, acceptance. Other examples of betrayal are betrayal in romantic relationships, which includes sexual infidelity, conditional commitment, a non-sexual affair. How about lying, forming a coalition against the partner, absenteeism or coldness, withdrawal or sexual interest, disrespect, unfairness, selfishness, and breaking promises. Betrayal can result in anger, rage, sadness, bitterness. It can result in regret, disappointment, embarrassment, shame, grief, and sorrow. Gaslighting can be described as the ultimate form of betrayal, as it is a serious form of manipulation that causes victims to question their reality. These perpetrators rely on an imbalance of power that favors their agenda. The victim lacks a confidant and are easily influenced. Betrayal can be so painful because it is not an act committed by your worst enemy. You're not expecting it, but it is an act that has been carried out by those you love and trust the most. Many often use the expression, I've been stabbed in the back, to describe an act of betrayal, and it couldn't be closer to the truth. But given that person requires detail and attention to include being honest with yourself and the person, coming together to analyze what happened, deciding if you want to continue the relationship, moving forward without looking back, making a commitment to heal by attending regular therapy sessions is often one of the most effective ways to repair a relationship after infidelity. Both individual therapy and couples counseling are useful in these situations. Individual therapy is good for both the individual who was unfaithful and the individual who was cheated on. A betrayed person may experience hypervigilance or feelings that nothing is safe, a sense of inadequacy or embarrassment. They can feel shame or self-blame and or decreased self-esteem. It takes time to recover from betrayal in marriage. Experiencing the return of trust even with professional help and no new betrayal behavior can take sometimes more than a year, requiring a full cycle of holidays, birthdays, and seasons because betrayed partners naturally mark time as, quote, before I knew, and, quotes, after I knew, end of quote, end of quotes, once they have discovered a betrayal. If the betrayal leads to divorce, there are steps to letting go. They could include reaching out to a supportive community or family and friends, forgiving yourself, stop being hard on you, identifying and working through ruminating thoughts, healing mentally by pushing yourself physically and realizing you are not alone. 
Worse than betrayal is talking down to your partner. If you want a healthy and long-lasting relationship, do not talk down to your partner. It is worse than cheating because it not only damages your relationship, but it ruins your partner's self-esteem. Infidelity is the betrayal our society focuses on, but it is actually the subtle, unnoticed betrayals that truly ruin relationships. When partners do not choose each other day after day, trust and commitment erodes away. Joining us today is Miss Letitia Forster. Miss Foster married the love of her heart, who was an attorney later rising to chief justice. Letitia earned a BS degree in education and home economics. Her studies included food and nutrition, family life, education, psychology, administration, sociology, physiology, clothing and textiles with a minor in art. She matriculated at the University of Education in Winneba, Ghana, West Africa. She later became a teacher at Accra Training College and owned and operated three restaurants to assist individuals with skills to earn a living and have more time to spend with their two sons. Letitia thought all was well as she and her hubby went about their lives enjoying their careers and being good parents until that unfortunate day when, to her surprise, hubby asked her to leave her home. She couldn't believe her ears as she was more than a wife doing everything for him and the boys, even taking odd jobs to support her husband prior to his huge success. She did what it took to ensure her family had all that they needed. Needless to say, she was not expecting what transpired because one thing for sure, she was confident that her marriage was secure. And most importantly, she was sure of her husband. Additionally, Letitia had gone numerous times to visit her husband's sister as she was studying law and spent time with her sister's roommate. Mind you, after many visits and conversations, it was the sister's roommate who was moving in with her husband of 25 years and they later got married. Welcome, P-Fam. Thank you for tuning in today for this special topic. And I want to give a special shout out to all of our relatives from across the globe who are joining us for the first time. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are happy to have you with us. Letitia, welcome and thank you for sharing this story, which resonates with many of our sisters across the globe as well as some of our brothers around the world. It can literally go both ways, P-Fam. When you don't know, you just don't know. Letitia, thank you for joining us. And please, please tell us your story. 
Thank you, Dr. D. Carol. It started all about we being friends, and then it later came up as a marriage. We had our first child. We've been, I've been supportive. We go through our trials. We go through our happiness together until things started in a way that I didn't really get what was going on because we ran our affairs effectively, happy with the boys, doing what we have to do, he being supportive, me being supportive. We actually started from grass and by God's grace, it turned to grace. My ex-husband was my friend, my confidant, my brother. I'd always try to be a family person. I enjoy my family so much. Challenges as a parent, working mother, taking care of two boys at the same time wasn't that easy. God gave me the strength. My mother came in to help. I mean, he, she would take care of the oldest so that I could go to my job, go around my errands. Everything was so rosy, was so rosy. But back in Africa, you know, we are brought up in a certain way. We are well brought up to be submissive to your husband. That's our culture, to be submissive to your husband and all that kind of thing. So I quite remember before I got married, my grandmother one day said, if you marry, no matter what your degree, no matter what it is, the Bible says you have to be submissive. So when you get to the back of your door, put all your degrees behind your door and enter home as a, as a wife. I'm like, mm. but then it's all, it's all okay because it's good to be submissive. It's not good to, as a woman, always, you know, raising your voice on top of your husband, no matter what the challenges, it is good. I mean, to calm down and try to let relationship work. Now, something I never dreamt of, I never liked it because I was a teacher and I'd seen it and my mother was a social worker. I have seen a lot of broken homes, what it brings. So it was something I never, ever wanted in my life. So no matter what, I try hard to move forward, to put laughter in my house. Even when my husband is being a little bit, you know, we have emotional tortures. I just overlook it. I'm like, I have to move forward. I had this, um, my, back in Africa, you know, when you are married, you are married to a family. Not that the whole family comes to your house or anything, but you are married into a family. Everybody is your Sister-in-law is your sister, your brother-in-law is your brother. And so like Dr. Carol said it earlier on, this lady was my sister-in-law's roommate and we used to visit them. That was when I was dating my ex-husband. So we visited them on campus. She was the mate. She wasn't actually my friend. I mean, I it's all my friendly attitude was towards my sister-in-law. After some time, I realized that well, any function, because she's a friend to her, any function we attend in the family, she comes with my sister-in-law. And so many things were going on at a point when I'm out of the country, when I'm enjoying my life, I and she meets me, she's like, you traveled here, they said you were there, oh, your new car, and that, and that, and that, and that, and that. I, I didn't bother because I was minding my own business. I'm that type of a person. I'm that type of a woman. To me, I should trust my husband. 
to me, I shouldn't listen to what people tell me outside because that could ruin my relationship. And I was in to stay into my marriage, whether till the end, so far as I'm not being violated domestically, uh, everything was okay. I worked on my marriage for a long period of time. So are you saying then, Letitia, there were no warning signs? Um, I am somebody, I think I have to change the attitude now. When I trust you, I trust you. I am not that type of a woman who will pick my husband's phone and flip through to see things I don't want to see to bother me. I'm not a violent person. And even if I see something negative, I would like us to talk about it. And so then um, when this situation of always knowing where I go to and where I've come from and what I'm enjoying prompted me. And so on that note, I called my sister-in-law one of the days and said, Julie, how, how come that Dorothy is always like she knows where I go. She knows what I do in my house. What's going on? And then apparently I wouldn't blame my sister-in-law because she didn't know anything. When an African woman says she wants to the bad one, when they say they want, they after your husband or they after something about you, things happen. I don't think it's only in Africa, but it happens in a lot of places. When another woman decides to pin another woman down, then it's something else. My husband, I would never say that he was a bad person to me. He adored me. I was my husband's purse. My kids were my husband's wallet. And so everybody will always see this four family all together. We could have our quarrels and everything. And my late mother-in-law, when they said, oh, as for if I have a middle name, Yvonne, as for Yvonne and Chief, don't talk about them. They will do the worst. They will still come together. That was how nice that we were. I saw some signs, but like I said, I overtrusted my husband so much that nothing pricked me to think that the way we are, the way I'm so submissive and trying hard, even when finances were no good, I was chipping in because my husband has to help her kid sister go through law school. So I was the one in between there. That's how come selfless I am. I worked so hard to support him, to help his sister to go through her law school. This thing came as a surprise. How come somebody always knows where I'm going? How come somebody knows when I'm enjoying, when I have the goodies, when I have this, when I have that? And one thing, this lady used to go, I think, either Dubai or India and buy jewels. My husband buys me jewels a lot. And so when she brings her jewels, I think she shows them to my husband and my husband will buy them for me. Very expensive jewels. And so I didn't know. So after the divorce, if I had known, I wouldn't have taken any of the jewels. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I didn't care the price. I wouldn't. And we have other jewelers. My husband will go and make all these nice things for me. So what's going on? And so my sister-in-law said, oh, Dorothy says she has no brother. And so the way my husband treats us and treat them, she wants a brother. And so they started on a brother note. And so like, I wouldn't say I was stupid. I still, nothing still pushed me. I've heard a lot of things. I've heard a lot of things. I don't have a brother. That's totally unique. Where did she get this from? And how did that make you feel? Well, so that prompted me that there could be something wrong. 
but I couldn't place my finger on. In law, you have to get an evidence. I didn't have an evidence. This is a busy mother taking care, take, taking the boys for sports. You know how it is when you have boys and they have to go out for game karate and this, and I have to pick that person. I have to get that person. I have to get them food. I have to, I have to manage my own business at the same time. And so at a point of time, my workers were stealing from me because my husband started distracting me. Oh, you, you, you're concentrating too much on your job. And I said, no, my job is demanding. I am marrying both my job, my husband, and my children at the same time. I tried hard to marry these three people together because everything was important. How did you find it in your being to forgive him? Dr. Carol, it took me a very long time. And um, I'm happy to say that a lot of things, you've mentioned them in your introductory. I felt so ashamed. I felt so betrayed. I even felt shy to go out to talk to people because my husband is a public figure and I was a public figure along the line because I, we have died with presidents and things. So people knew me, my my restaurant, people knew. I mean, people knew the restaurant, people knew my mother. So I was so ashamed. I couldn't even face my own family. And so it was hard on me. But then I sat down one day and said, I'll pray to my God. I prayed first. I took my book, my book of Psalms, my Bible, and prayed on Psalm 51 because I'm a human being. I could have faltered somewhere. And then after Psalm 51, confessing my sins, asking God for forgiveness, I started praying that God shouldn't let me lose it. Because when you are in a palanquin, when you are a princess, and one day they, they distilled you, you can go crazy. I mean, that, that would give you a straight mental ailment. It could have ended me in a mental hospital. But I say this to glorify God, that God knew my heart, the pure of my heart. And I didn't go through that. But it was hard for me from that time. People have tried to tell those close Close uh, friends towards me who are who are taking me like a sister, like like a mother, try to talk to me, but it was hard because I didn't know how to enjoy this life again. Losing everything, starting everything was a big blow. But thank God, no matter how hard it was, I smiled and I told myself every day that it's gonna be better. That's powerful within itself, Letitia, and I'm proud of you because not every person would do that, okay? Uh, there are some lots of things I can think of that could be done, but I appreciate what you're saying. What about her? How did you find it in your heart to forgive her? I won't sit here and lie. It's hard for me to forgive Dorothy. I try, but it's hard. It's hard when someone takes your platinum from you and you know you started from, from grass into grace and you take the platinum and take all the happiness and pleasures. It's hard. So I'm still trying hard to forgive her. Having forgiven her, it's hard. I won't lie. How about the will to move forward? Where do you get that from? The will to move forward. I don't have to be hard on myself. I'm a human being. I'm so pretty in the heart and outside there. And so it has always been my fervent prayer. Like, Father, help me locate a friend, a confidant, somebody I can lean on and trust and move forward. 
All I was thinking is to work, work, work and make myself better. So I asked God for things. I said, Father, there are things. All I need is my shelter and love and also being able to move forward to help mine. Still be benevolent to my orphanage and the needy and the poor that I help because that gives me my pleasure. And so I kept on doing that and I have strived on and I'm happy now. I have to tell you, you are the epitome of overcoming, moving beyond and getting on about the business at hand. Thank you for being here with us. Now, starting over again in any situation is not easy, but to have to leave your home, how did you do that? That was really hard. That was really difficult. That was really difficult because it was my whole world was shattered. I went into darkness. I had to, it was hard. I had to go into a hotel, lock myself up, cried. I cried and cried and cried because I didn't know how to start it again. I didn't know how to do it. And I didn't know whether I was going to get the strength to do it. I can only imagine strength playing a pivotal role. But when we talk about being stripped of confidence, how did you build confidence and what role did self-esteem play in your overcoming? Thank you, Dr. Carol, for such a wonderful um, question. Dr. Carol, everybody should love herself. And I loved myself and I didn't want to be destroyed. I didn't want to destroy my beauty, inner beauty and physical beauty. I knew that when one door closes, another door is open. So I needed to put myself together, put myself on track because I don't know when the next door is going to be open. So I told myself I will be prepared for the next door. And I was praying for grace and mercy towards that next door. Letitia, tell us, how do you feel now about the situation? Do you feel blessed? Are you confident? Or are there remnants of anger still flowing through your being? Thank you again. Furthermore, I would say I'm confident. I am very confident. In life, situations happen. Don't let your your betrayal, don't let your fall, don't stay there. Be like that child you gave birth to and you fed. At a point, the child tried to walk. And when you are walking, and you, you you fall down or you slip. Don't stay on the ground. Tell yourself, I have to climb up. So that's the confidence I give to myself. And I know I have so much multiple talents in me that anybody out there will grab me and want to have me. And so why should I kill my confidence? Why should I kill my self-esteem? No, I got my head up and told myself, I am going to make it. Yes, I can make it and I'm on the road to make it. Sounds great. That's powerful. If you had to do it all over again, what would be different? If I have to do all over again, well, that trust will be there. I'm not going I'm not going to say I'm going to mistrust my... If I have to start again, I'm not going to write in mistrust, but I'm going to be like the serpent. Letitia, what are your expectations of your ex-husband if any, do you have any right now? Not really expecting anything, but um, I know he's he's always he always misses me. I know because he knew my good side. You know when 
I know when he went to the life of Dorothy, things were different. But he, as a man, men never want to see defeated. They cry within them. So I know he cries within me every day. And to me, I have the boys are there. I will not do anything stupid. I just pray for him to have to find peace, to be healthy, to stay there for the boys. That's all. You are a powerful woman, Miss Foster. Are you prepared to run the marital race again? Thank you. Thank you, my mother. Thank you, my confidant. Thank you, my book sister. Dr. D, well, I wouldn't say because I've been bitten by a snake. So next time, I'm not going to treat whatever poison that was there and move on. Some man may need a woman like me somewhere. I may be a life lifter for some man out there, but I don't know. It's been hard for me because I lost interest in men. Not that I, I lost interest in men totally, even though I know it's good to have a partner. You know, sometimes you could even put your jewel on, there's nobody there even to hook it up for you. So you definitely need somebody. But needing somebody, I, I didn't know what I was going to get, a kind man, a good man, a man who would do almost everything for me like my husband did, except that little betrayal there. Well, Jesus, the word of God says we should forgive 70 times 70. So I, I don't mind to go on a marital trail, but it's it's kind of hard for me to go into some, somebody that I don't know. I'm not going to study the person at my age, 58 tomorrow. So I pray that God finds, uh, there's no perfect man and there's no perfect woman, but at least somebody with a good characteristics of like 90% in my life to make me happy and to make that person proud be submissive to him and for him to love me. Other than if nothing like that comes, I'm there, that happy person, glowing, glowing like a flower. You are wonderful. You are delightful. And I appreciate you being here. Why do you believe that quitting is not an option, even though you went through the things that you had to endure? Quitting in every situation in life should never be an option. Never. If you do that, you are getting yourself depressed. Like I said, there could be some roses out there for you, some beautiful roses out there for you. We all love roses. There could be some beautiful sunflowers, some beautiful aroma waiting there for you. And so I don't think you should quit in whatever you are doing. No, just tell yourself, I will climb up the ladder and climb up and you will accomplish your goal. That's my faith. P-Fam, P-Fam. You heard it here on Quitting is Not an Option. Miss Foster, thank you again for joining us today. We're so happy that you were willing to share your story. Please tell the PFAM how they can find you. Um, thank you, Dr. Carol. Um, I'll put my email there and then they can find me. We can have a series of talks and later... Um, I, I will organize myself very well, but whatever, everything is going to be through the email and I'm ready to tell them more, to lift them up, to tell them, hey, quitting is not the answer. Moving forward, loving yourself, getting yourself straightened up is the answer. Thank you. So PFAM, please reach out to me at info at drdcarol.com. That's I-N-F o at d r d e e c a r r o l l dot com 
Thank you. We look forward to hearing from you. Ms. Foster, thank you for sharing and, and just totally opening up. I know that you have empowered someone today. You have inspired someone today. PFAM again, thank you for tuning in and allow me to leave you with some verses here. First, I leave you with Proverbs 632, which tells us, but the man who commits adultery is an utter fool for he destroys himself. Hebrews 13.4 tells us, give honor to marriage and remain faithful to one another in marriage. God will surely judge people who are immoral and those who commit adultery. Finally, Exodus 20.14 tells us you must not commit adultery. PFAM, take care and be safe. Thank you for listening. I hope you found today's episode valuable and inspiring. Remember, you have the power to reinvent your past and revolutionize your future. If you want to continue on your journey towards emotional freedom and achieving your full potential, be sure to visit drdcarol.com. That's D-R-D-E-E-C-A-R-R-O-L-L.com for more resources and information. Again, thank you for listening. And until next time, remember that quitting is not an option.